time for the latest in sports debate. The hottest topics, the biggest question marks, answered right now. This is The Critical Eye with Erie Sports Now's Isaac Petcash. All right, we are back. A week and a half hiatus. We had to get some beauty sleep, some rest from the end of the NFL season, but that doesn't mean we're going away. Still in your living room, however you may be listening, this is the Critical Eye Podcast. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, any other place you might be listening, erienewsnow.com. Welcome in. Isaac Petcash in the Happy 927 Studios, joined by the sports director of Erie News Now, John Leidick, who has also had no sleep along with me the last few weeks, but... We go from football to basketball, John. I, I got to ask you first, j- just the the experience of the Super Bowl. I mean, how crowded was it? Because because I, I that was the one thing I was wondering, you know, being back here. Like you've got L.A. right, and then you have another mass of people. I mean, what was it like? Oh, it was it was nonsense. I mean, we were flying in on our <laughs> on our flight, and you just saw six lanes of red and white on the highway, and you're like, oh my goodness. Luckily, the NFL main media hub. Other than the stadium was a mile from our hotel, yeah. so we were able to get you know and maneuver there. So it worked out well. But uh, in terms of everything else, yeah, it was it was a lot of people and getting into game day. I mean, we left our hotel at eleven thirty, and I think we got to the stadium pulling in a half mile away uh, at one fifteen. So almost two Lord. hours to get to the stadium. It was thirty minutes away. <laughs> so that so the uh, the images that you see on like Thanksgiving night or the day after of people trying to leave and you've got the helicopter up in the air and whatnot a mile down the highway uh, with the red and white lights. Yeah, you're not kidding. Yes. Uh, so yeah, so the NFL season done. We're we're not of course done talking about the NFL, but today. We're doing our version of February Madness because here it is time for the District 10 1A through 6A basketball tournament, John. And we're going to go through each bracket. I'm going to break down who exactly we think is the favorite and some sleeper teams as well because this year is shaping up to be an interesting tournament because I'm going to be honest with you, in previous years, John, you might be able to pick out the teams you think are going to probably win, right? They can cruise to a tournament victory. They can go to the state playoffs easy. But aside from maybe three or four teams, you could argue the field this year is kind of open yeah I think it is I mean you look at it obviously uh, a lot of seniors graduated it seemed like last year whether it be football or basketball but there there was a large drain for a lot of these programs in terms of of what they had coming back and I think it's been a lot of development this year and you've seen some shocking games and and then maybe some teams that are hitting their stride now you think but (laughs) I don't know It, (laughs) it, it, it is chaos craziness um, but it's an exciting time for fan bases that, yeah. you know, hey, there could be a lot of fans that are going to have a shot to root on their team deep into March because of that uncertainty and just the evenness, I guess, of, of District 10 this year. And if you live in Erie County, I mean, this time of year, this is, I think, the one time of the year where gyms are packed. I yeah. mean, you see during the regular season, some games, I mean, we've seen Prep McDowell, of course, is always busy. Fairview always has good crowds. So Crawford County, Cambridge Springs, Sagertown rivalries. But this is when all the fans really come out and they really watch. So it should be fun. Before, before we get to the brackets, John, I, I want to give... I don't, and I'll put you on the spot here for the boys' side. Give me your regular season team of the year. Uh, what what team do you think stood out the most on the boys' side uh, in D10 here? It's hard not to go against Fairview. I know, um, but you know, no, I'm going to go off off the uh, off the path in terms of District 10. Franklin, I mean, their success this year. It, it's not that they hadn't found ways, but just their rise to success and the team that they've built that could potentially make a deep run 
into the postseason, uh, not only in District 10, but in the state playoffs, um, yeah. I think has, has a lot of teams on notice, especially when you saw a team like Seneca uh, that, that had a lot of success this year. They're going to be, uh, them and Franklin could be on a collision course. Of course, a big loss, Bobby Yost uh, dealing with an injury and is out for the postseason could be a big loss for Seneca, especially on the inside game. You know, it's funny. Uh, my team would have been Seneca. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you think about it, it's their first region title they've ever won over in Region 3. They were undefeated in region play. Then they've won a lot of close games, too. I mean, you think about the games in the last three weeks they've had to win. They had to beat a Girard team that had come in hot. They won that game by seven. The very next week, they have a home game against Northeast for the region title. Northeast isn't too bad either. They come in and win. Uh, you know, Bob Yost is, is going to be a big loss, but I think Seneca, I mean, and we'll get to this, Class 3A, they got a loaded region, a lot of good teams, um, and so I think Seneca would be my team, aside from Fairview, of course, who has been the powerhouse on the boys and girls side. But Anyway, let's get to the brackets. We'll start in 1A. This is probably the easiest one to talk about because there's really only one game. It's the final. Uh, March 4th, Farrell takes on Jamestown. Um, who do you like in that one? I know we don't cover those two teams much, but still should be somewhat intriguing anytime you play for the right to win the title in game one. Well, it's always interesting because you know we've seen Jamestown teams in the past struggle in the regular season, and I believe, if my memory serves me correct, maybe it was last year, maybe two two years ago uh jamestown came in and, and pulled <laughs> yeah. the upset yeah uh but i think i think farrell in this one um you know the 1a team struggled this year to find consistency right um but i think farrell should take care of business uh with regards to to winning this championship in 1a yeah and i i agree i mean i think the steelers they, the one thing they've been is consistent i think their defense has proven to be the best it's been in quite some time this year and and again the nice the, the great thing about a class like this where you have two teams is it is quite literally in some aspects it's win or go home so even though you might only have one game that you have to worry about it's that much more important and you really don't have a tune-up so who knows maybe Jamestown can figure out a way uh to get through and get the win there so we're both taking Farrell in class 1a and now we get to 2a um We'll, we'll read off the matchups for you here, and we'll, we'll go them one by one. The eight teams are as followed, and this is order of seeding. Kennedy Catholic, the one, Rocky Grove, two. Then you have Sagertown, Cambridge Springs. The five through eight are Eisenhower, West Middlesex, Mercer, and Cochranton. John, let's start at the top. Kennedy Catholic and Cochranton. Um Jeez, the Golden Eagles every year. It's almost like a shoe, and it's like Duke basketball. They're going to either be near the top or at the top, and they get the number one seed. They face a Cochranton team that's had some success, but how do you view this one? Yeah, I think this is Kennedy Catholic. Yeah. I don't think there's much of a discussion <laughs> here. I think even when they're in down years, um, and I wouldn't even call this year a down year for a, an 18-4 and four club, but but with Kennedy Catholic, they're allowing opponents to score uh, under 23 points per game. When Jeez. you're doing that um, – yeah, you know it's uh, or excuse me, their their scoring differential is twenty three points per game, which is they're, still they're keeping opponents under uh, under fifty, but scoring seventy three. I think this is an easy Kennedy Catholic advancement. And again, give credit to Cochranton; they've had a heck of a year just to get to the tournament to begin with here. But uh, Kennedy Catholic just so good. The Golden Eagles are coached so well as well. So that's the one eight. Uh, they're going to play the winner of the 4-5, Cambridge Springs and Eisenhower. We'll go down the bracket and, and do that game here. I'll tell you what, um, the Blue Devils, again, they've had a great season, and, and the players on that team make up stellar defense. I'll tell you what, though, ever since that loss 
to Sagertown about midway through the season, the first time Sagertown had won at Cambridge in a couple of years, I believe. They've slumped a little bit, and, and Eisenhower coming on strong. What's your take for that game? Well, you know, you look at these games, it was kind of the tail, the two matchups in the regular season between these two. Uh, and when it started out, it was a 61-44, so 17-point win for Cambridge Springs. And that was part of the success that they got on a roll, I think, and, and rattled off uh, five in a row before losing that Sagertown game. The second meeting came in the final week, looking at this. No, uh, the second. First of February, I yeah, think. Yeah, the first of February. Um, and Eisenhower comes back and gets a 68-62 win. Um, so, you know, this is the true 4-5 matchup. But the problem is you always want to be playing your best basketball coming into this. And I think for Cambridge Springs, that's not the case. Losses to Sharpsville, Union City, Brookville uh, to end the season. And they had, uh, prior to that, they had beaten a Youngsville and Iroquois team, both of which really, I mean, I think there was three combined wins between right. the two of them. So they didn't have the greatest ending to the season. I'm going to say Eisenhower in this one. I, I think it, it's a group that, that uh, you know, has found a way to manufacture wins this year, sitting at uh, 13 and 9. So I'll take Eisenhower in this one. You know, I, I'm going to go the other way only because I think Becky Leandro has is so good come the end of the regular season at keeping her kids calm. One of the things I really admire about Becky in a couple of games that we covered is that she she's very passionate on the court, but she never loses faith in the team. And I think the one guy that's going to be key in this one's Nathan Held. He's the senior guard, six foot five, can really shoot the ball from anywhere. He reminds me of a, of a Danny Bruce, kind of what we'll talk about with General McLean uh, in a few minutes when we get to Class Five but he is somebody that I think has the ability to take over a game. And when you get into these uh, these district tournaments, if you can have a guy who can take over a game, I think that really helps you out. So I say Cambridge in a close one. I think they'll get back on track uh, and then eventually get to Kennedy Catholic, and we'll get to that in a second. All right, uh, the 2-7 matchup, Rocky Grove-Mercer. That's at Oil City High School this Friday at 6 o'clock. Who do you like there? I'll take Rocky Grove. They swept the season series, and it was pretty convincing. 13 points in one of the matchups. And in the other matchup, uh, 14. So, I mean, uh, when you can do that, kind of control the offense that Mercer has, I think I'll take Rocky Grove. Uh, and, yeah, one. and I will too. I mean, it's very hard to beat a team three times in a row, but when you beat them that convincingly in the first two, uh, I like that as well. So Rocky Grove, we think, will move on. A and then there's this. The one team that I think could be a dark horse to potentially get to the final and, and maybe – challenge I'll say Kennedy Catholic is the Sagertown Panthers uh, what a season that they've had in able to uh, win region number two and get to a point where they were now considered the cream of the crop over Cambridge Springs there they're the three seed they face West Middlesex the six what's your take on that one at Farrell High School uh yeah I think it's it's Sagertown in, in this one I, I think West Middlesex uh, had some good games this year challenged some teams but I think Sagertown takes this one um, 17 and five, as you mentioned, uh, 12 and two within the region, and then uh, you look at their offense. They they don't really rely on one specific score. They're yeah. such a balanced team. Yeah, uh, I'll take Sagertown in this one to advance. And and take a look. Today is uh, the 23rd of February. It's been a month since Sagertown has. They've only lost one game in a month, and that was to Eisenhower uh, last Tuesday, a 43 to 40 game. Since then, they've completely dominated, and of course, that run came when they beat Cambridge Springs on January 26th in that road victory that they won by six. Uh, this team has a really great roster, and, and I'll tell you what, Jaden Wilkins, to me, is one of the top five players performance-wise this season in any of District 10. Uh, the senior center, he really is 
is great at being able to get into the paint, make plays, and not only that, he's got great defensive prowess, so I'll take Sagertown as well. All right, uh, Kennedy Catholic, Cambridge Springs in round two. Who do you think there? Uh, in that one, I think it's still Kennedy Catholics uh, to take. Yeah, I agree. So Kennedy Catholic to the final, and then Rocky Grove and Sagertown. I think that could be the game. The, the best game uh, in the semifinal there in 2A. Who would you take oh, in that man, one? Oh, man, I don't know. This is a flip of a coin game, I think, if you're taking a look at this. Uh, let's go with Sagertown. I, I, you know, I, I think this could go either way, uh, but I think the balance scoring and the depth they have. I agree, uh, and I think Chris Greco's team, the, you know, this is the year, right? When, when you're able to get that high up in the region after you've played the role of, I remember at the post-game interview after Cambridge Springs, Greco called his team little brother for the last few years. They finally get over the hump. I think you at least have to be able to get to the finals. I'll take the Panthers. Uh, so the final for us in 2A would be Kennedy Catholic and Sagertown. What's your take on that one? It's, it's. I think it's hard for Sagertown to to match up. Yeah, I, I just. I think Kennedy Catholic just has too much. The, the size factor plays into that. Yeah, and, and I think they take home two uh, A. All right. So as a recap, Kennedy Catholic we think is winning Class Two A. Again, that's an eight team bracket. Games are starting on Friday. The final for that game is next Friday, March fourth. All right. Let's turn the page and go to three A. Um, and John's team of the year in regular season and my team of the year in the regular season. As we go down the list of the top eight seeds, you've got Franklin, Seneca, Gerard, Northeast, Mercyhurst Prep, Greenville, Northwestern, and Erie First Christian. John, I'm not going to lie to you. I think six teams in this bracket could honestly have a shot at winning the entire tournament. I think Erie First, uh, Greenville will, will have a tough time. I'll tell you what, though, this is a stock class in 3A, and we'll start at the top. Franklin and Erie first. As we look at that one, who do you think? I think that's Franklin. Yeah. I said they were my surprise team. Uh, not surprise, but they were they were my top team of the year. I think they uh, they moved past. Erie first Christian has struggled to find any consistency this year. All right, the game, I think probably the first round, Northeast and Mercyhurst prep. Now, when you look at the way these two teams played in the regular season, the first time they met was back on January 4th. Northeast won that game by 11, and then they beat Mercyhurst Prep by 8 on January 28th. They were both low-scoring games. You know, the great pickers started off the season very strong, John. They won the tournament at Iroquois. Ryan Mays really started going off. I think he's probably their best player. They got a couple of good outside shooters, too. But Mercyhurst Prep, for some reason thrives in low-scoring games, so it surprises me that they lost those two to Northeast. Who do you think takes that one? I think it's a coin flip. I think the defense for Mercyhurst Prep will keep this one interesting. I think they'll they'll challenge and have frustrated Northeast in the games that I've covered them in. Um, but I just think Northeast has a little bit too much. Their inside presence, and Ryan Mays, man, he is like a rocket around the court. Sometimes his tenacity, sometimes it maybe gets him in trouble a little too much because he's trying to do too much. Um, but I think Northeast wins this one. I, I believe it was Mercyhurst Prep upsetting uh, Northeast a year ago at Northeast's house um, after the, the region championship that they had won. So I think Northeast will have that in the back of their minds, and they'll come back uh, with a vengeance to win this one over and Mercyhurst And it Prep. might be one of the largest crowds of the weekend, that game being played at the Haggerty Family Event Center at uh, Cathedral Prep. Both those student sections draw in large crowds, so it'll be a big crowd, uh, but I like Northeast too moving on. I think between Ryan Mays, Zane Strong also uh, at the guard position, the, the junior who's been able to shoot the ball well, Owen Kemp had a couple of really great games. He actually was the one who came 
kept Northeast in the game against Seneca to at least challenge them a week ago. Uh, I think Northeast wins this one as well. All right, speaking of Seneca, the Bobcats, who have just had a tremendous season, I think you have to give this team credit more than any other one. They've been able to, I think, come together with the roster that they have. Uh, Lou Strelecki has been a wizard behind the bench for the Seneca Bobcats. However... Bobby Yost, their senior guard, who is their inside presence, is out for the remainder of the season. He will not be able to go. They take on a Northwestern team that I think, John, a lot of people had a lot of high hopes for at the beginning of the year. They started out the season 5-1, and one, have fallen since then. Your take on this one between Seneca and Northwestern? I think it's going to be closer than a couple of the matchups. I mean, they just played on uh, the 18th of February, um, but I don't think... I think the Yost injury will hurt them farther down the road for Seneca. I don't think it'll hurt them in this matchup. I think Seneca takes this one. Yeah, and I I agree. I mean, you look at the rest of the roster. Jacob Young, Logan Kibbe is going to be in there as well. Uh, Justin Walker, who I think has been their best player, most consistent player all season. Uh, And and the nice thing about uh, the Seneca Bobcats, too, they have a couple of guys who are coming back. A lot of their starters... Uh, including a couple of their bench players as well. Their their six and seven guys are going to be back next year. Again, the Bobcats, their Cinderella story, if you will. They were 12-0 and in the region, winning the region title for the first time, we believe, ever. And I think they take this one. Uh, and beat Northwestern, but I think the Wildcats will keep it close. The 3-6 is Girard and Greenville. Uh, You know, the Yellow Jackets, when they're hot, they're hot, and when they're not, they're not. And they play the Greenville Trojans at Meadville, 7-30 on Friday. Who moves on? For me, it just comes down to which Girard team shows up. I mean, they have a win over Northeast uh, on their schedule, but beyond that, they lost a game to Northwestern, which, you know, we've we've documented Northwestern's had their moments. Um, Girard beat Meadville. You know, I mean, that's a significant win. Actually, I take that back. Girard swept Northeast. I mean, if you get that team to show up, um, I, I don't know, Greenville is just, they play against some some of those tough teams down there, but I, I think I'll take Gerard. It's going to be a three- to five-point game. I don't think it's going to be a... <laughs> and, and, you know, it's interesting because these two teams don't normally play each other. They did earlier in the year when they took on each other in the Conneaut tournament. Gerard won that game by 12, but that was all the way back in December. You wonder if there's a revenge element for Greenville. I mean, tournament games, non-region games aren't necessarily the most of heightened intensity. Um, I'm going to take Gerard, but it would not shock me if the Trojans pull the upset here because, again, you just don't know what Yellow Jacket team you're going to get. Uh, but we'll give the we'll give Gerard the benefit of the doubt and, and give them the win there uh, in round one. I think our brackets, John, so far have been have been relatively similar. Let's see if this changes at all in the semifinal. We've got Franklin and Northeast in the semifinal in uh, Class 3. Who do you take there? I think Franklin's just too dynamic. Their, their offense has an uncanny knack to, to find the, the basketball. Um, they play great defense, and I, I think Northeast just sometimes, like I said, Ryan Mays can get that offense a little erratic, and, and I think they'll struggle with turnovers against Franklin. All right, our semifinal on the other side would be Seneca and Girard. It'd be the 2-3 matchup. These two teams have already played twice. Seneca's won them both. What do you think, think in that one? And that, this is going to be a lot closer if the, the, the Girard team that plays consistently and plays together shows up. Um, as you can say, for really any team in the postseason yeah. play, but I think you know have higher importance for them. I think Seneca. I mean, you get those guards going. Obviously, Kibby, you know, Young is still in available inside, and then Walker. Uh, 
I just think they have a little bit too much firepower for Gerard to try and stay with him. Yeah, and I agree. Even with Bobby Yost out, I, I think if Bobby Yost is able to play, this game is a lot easier to pick, but still the weapons that the Bobcats have. And, and not only that, I don't think Gerard can outshoot Seneca. I think they're really reliant on defense, so I'll take the Bobcats there. And that would be Franklin and Seneca. It'd be the one verse number two in Class 3A. Uh, to me, John... This is where the Bobby Yost injury would hurt the Bobcats because you lose that inside presence. I'll take Franklin to win this one. Yeah, I'll take Franklin as well. I think, uh, you know, hearing from our, our buddy Joe Linusky, I mean, they've been a dynamic team, and yeah. I think uh, they have the success here. All right, so to recap, Class 1A, we're liking Farrell. Class 2A is Kennedy Catholic and Class 3 in Franklin. Here on the Critical Eye podcast, we're breaking down the District 10 Boys and Girls Basketball Tournaments. We'll get to the girls in just a couple of minutes, but now we move on to Class 4A, and I think... John, there is a expected favorite in this one. The Fairview Tigers, the number one seed, the most consistent team, I think, in D10 on the boys' side all season long, aside from Kennedy Catholic. They get Corey in the first round. Is there any chance of an upset here? Mm, no. <laughs> I agree. They had such success. I mean, most of the games were 25 or more points against Corey this year in the two meetings that they had. I, I think this is Fairview all the way. And I also think, too, you might have two of the best the best duo, I think, maybe in District 10. You've got James Sitter and Logan Frizeo. Frizeo's just been a tank. He can play anywhere. He can play the one. He can play the five. He's another. You know, it's amazing to me, John, how many big men this season can shoot three balls. I mean, besides Justin Walker, yeah, you talk about in Class 2A, there are a few of those as well. Uh, when you talk about Cambridge Springs, Sagertown has those, too. But I think I think Logan Frizeo might be the best outside big man possible. James Sitter's a great option there as well. And uh, Pat Flaherty, who is, to me, one of the most cool, common collective coaches. I'd put him second as consistency coaches, if you will, in District 10 behind Steve Piotrovich for prep. So I think Fairview wins that game easy. All right, the 4-5 matchup is Hickory versus Warren. That game's at Sharon High School Thursday at 6 o'clock. Your thought on that one? Wow. Uh, I... I would say I'm going to take Hickory just because of the experience. I know they lost a lot from last year, but the experience that they have a part of this group being in these moments and playing in these tight games, I think Hickory takes it. Yeah, and and Hickory has had a had a great ability, I think, to what you said, John, and being able to win close games. You know, on the other side, though, I'll tell you what, there have been some games for Warren that they've been able to win close as well. The only problem I see with Warren is, it's again, it's about depth, right? I think you have to have one of two things to be successful in high school basketball. You have to have a dynamic presence, you have to have that one dynamic player, and you have to have depth. Um, so I think Hickory wins it. I think it's close, uh, but I, I like the Hornets in that one. And Hickory basketball, just such a perennial program. They've had such great talent come through that program in the last decade or so. So I like Hickory. All right, the 2-7 matchup is Grove City and Slippery Rock. Not a college matchup, a high school matchup. That game at Sharon High School at 730. Uh, who moves on to the semis there? Grove City. I think I think Grove City takes care of business. I agree. All right, let's move on. 3-6, Harbor Creek and Oil City. This one could be interesting. You know, Harbor Creek, I think to me is the is is I think could be the most explosive team outside of Fairview in this bracket. When Jaden Rocco gets that that offense going, the Huskies can be very tough to deal with. Oil City though, if you remember earlier in the season, they came to Harbor Creek. They had a chance to take over second in the region and they got bombarded. I think it was a 62 to 32 game or something like that. The Huskies won. Maybe some revenge on the mind. Who do you think? 
It's going to be interesting to see what game, because they played right after the new year, and it was a 26-20 win for Harbor Creek at Oil City, I believe it was. So, I mean, are we going to see an offensive game? I still think Harbor Creek in this matchup has enough just because of Nick Cray and Jaden Rocco. Um, you know, Gavin Ennis or Travis uh, Krzyzewski yeah. will chip in at, at moments, but I think they have enough to get by Oil City. I don't know if I have as much confidence after that when they face a, a Grove City team. You want to know what a confidence booster I think for me would be for Harbor Creek is the way they played against Fairview last Friday. That was an overtime game. They stuck with a team that had crushed them earlier in the season. They got to overtime. They lost. Fairview beat Harbor Creek 52-47. But that shows Harbor Creek that I think they know they can compete in this tournament. And I think they'll beat Oil City. And, and I think that they're looking for a rematch with Fairview. So I think that'll be a Harbor Creek win over Oil City. All right, the semifinals, we've got Fairview and Hickory. Who's moving on to the final in your mind, John? Fairview's been flying. I mean, it doesn't matter what night. Somebody's going to step up, whether it be Frizeo, Shoals, Sitter, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're such a deep team. It's so hard when, you know, for some teams, you know, you look at Harbor Creek. Uh, Grove City is, is relying on, on a couple of scores. Those guys get into foul trouble. If somebody gets into foul trouble for Fairview, it's still a concern, but it's not as not big as a much. So I'll take Fairview in this one. And I will, too. It's just about depth. I go back to it. If you have that kind of consistent depth as Fairview does, and the other thing, too, with Pat Flaherty, even if guys do get into foul trouble, he's smart with maneuvering his lineup. He doesn't have to use the same five guys the entire time. He'll change up his rotations, and he's experienced. He knows what to do in certain scenarios. I like Fairview in this one. Grove City and Harbor Creek would be the other semifinal in Class 4A. Um, the Eagles, very, very talented. We've talked about how good they are. Harbor Creek, again, looking for some sort of revenge. Who do you take in this one? Wow. Uh I, I don't know which way to lean with this one because both both have two dominant scores right. um, that are averaging you know anywhere from 13, 13 to twenty a game. Oh man, I I'm gonna I, I think we all want to see Harbor Creek Fairview. I again. agree, I agree. Um, but I think Grove City has something to say about that. Yeah, uh, I'll take the Eagles flying on. All right, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go the other way. I okay. think Harbor Creek wins it, and, and, and you know what? It's a toss up game. Um, the, the only the only concern that, that I have with Grove City is the fact when when they get into tight games, they there's a potential that they can struggle. And I also I also get concerned too. Do they rely too much on their top scores? That's the one thing that I worry about. I think Harbor Creek's the same way, but maybe they'll be able to move the ball more. I'll take the Huskies. Why not? Because it's a pick 'em game, and I don't necessarily think it's going to matter uh, what the result is in that one. Because I think we both are taking Fairview to win this win this class. Yeah, I'll take Fairview to win it. But I, you know, man, what, what an adventure it would be to see Fairview Harbor Creek for round three. Yeah. come the District Ten final. Yeah, you put that game at Mercyhurst. You have it a packed house. That would be exciting. So we both like Fairview. A different final matchup for the both of us. But the Tigers, we think, in the boys class four A will take it. All right, moving on to 5A and 6A. This one's going to be a little easier to break down, so we'll talk a little bit about the matchups. Class 5A, there is one game, the final. It is tomorrow, and it is Cathedral Prep and General McLean. This is the third time these two teams will have played each other. Prep won the first two, both of them between 9 and 12 points. Give me a couple of keys, John, um, because 
I was I was talking on a couple of podcasts in Edinburgh. I was talking to Brian Schultz and Danny Bruce, uh, the head coach and and one of the best players on the Lancer team. And one of the things they told me is that we have to take care of the ball. What do you think allowed Prep to win the first two matchups um, earlier in the season? I discipline shooting. You know, I think I, I I if I remember correctly in the game, the first game, which was in General McLean. The Lancers had a lead in that one, and then the shooting just kind of got cold. Yeah, and you know, I think it's it's the confidence of others to want the ball. I think at times, you know, when I was covering the game a couple of weeks ago against McDowell, Danny got hot, Danny Bruce, and they just kept feeding him, which you know you like to do. Yeah. But you have to have other guys. Dane Juke stepped up in a moment, and a couple others. But you know, for Cathedral Prep. They struggled against McDowell, and it was, okay, who are we going to rely on tonight? You know, last year they had Liam Gala. Uh, you had, as well, Kali Horton. This year it's kind of been a by-committee mm-hmm. type of uh, approach. So I think Cathedral Prep will get it done, but I think if General McLean Cathedral Prep this year has been uh, – very aggressive, which which Steve Pietrovich likes his team to be aggressive, but at times overly aggressive that's gotten a couple of guys into foul trouble. If, if General McClain can attack early on and try and get it inside um, and, and get a couple of those guys into foul trouble and they have to go down into the bench, I think that's where they'll have a chance in the second half um, to try and compete in this game. I think it's still going to be a close. It's going to be within probably eight points. Um, by by the conclusion of this game, and the one thing that Brian Schultz told me directly is he said we got to keep Prep out of the paint. Um, but but here's the thing that I think is interesting is Prep has not been a in the paint sort of a team this year. They've been a perimeter team, and I think the one thing that this game will come down to is second half adjustments. We saw in both of those games, the one you talked about at General McLean, Lancers led by six at the half. What did Steve Pietrovich do? Well, he was getting beat on the boards, and he was getting beat with successful passing by GM, and Prep couldn't find the lanes. What did they do? Prep started to crash the glass. They put in Amari Pickens. He ended up with 12 points. That bench game is going to be key, but the reason that I'm picking Prep in this game is second half coaching adjustments I think Brian Schultz to me this has been his most successful year from a scheduling standpoint the fact that you can go four and four in region six and have that kind of success but I would take Steve Pietrovich for those second half adjustments I think the discipline is there I think the bench game is going to be key as well and I think Cathedral Prep is a little bit more depth and I think they have a little bit more of a strategic advantage over General McLean I think it's close I think this game could be a buzzer beater and I, and I don't necessarily think the first two games are going to have any sort of an impact on this one because they've both been different. But I like prepping this one and close. Um, but GM will give the Ramblers a run for their money. And I think Lancers will be up at halftime. I do. Because I think, I think that's the way it's worked the last two games. I think it'll work in this one too. All right. Region, or I should say class number six is McDallin Erie. Um, if you have watched the first two games, here's what you know. You've got one team who likes to run the ball down the floor as fast as they possibly can, and the other team who tries to be methodical and defensive. Erie and McDowell, the Trojans, won the last game on a buzzer beater in overtime. Who do you think wins this one, John, this game tomorrow night as well? See, the thing that always concerns me with Erie High is, is going back to what I just said with Cathedral Prep, is their aggressiveness. Is, is it, You can get teams to the line, and I think that's where McDowell took advantage. And you know the biggest reason why that game came down to overtime and, 
and it was McDowell coming away on a, on the road with a victory. It was the free throw shooting. I, I think I could probably count in the second half anywhere from 8 to 12 missed free throw opportunities. If they make half of those, that game would not have been uh, Erie having to hit one at the buzzer to send it to overtime. Yeah. Uh, so I think Erie has the ability. It's just coming down being patient at times i think sometimes you know it's it's they love the transition game as you mentioned and not getting I- impatient if they get stopped um you know nick Grimm, uh, luke chamberlain have have been aggressive and uh jake banks has missed the last couple of games so his health will be key he was the star of that second game if he's unavailable to go uh mcdowell could be at a big disadvantage in this one uh i'm i'm gonna take erie high um i just think mcdowell has has a little bit too inexperienced of a club to try and win this one um I, and i think when it comes down to just pure talent in this one i think I think erie high has a slight advantage i agree with you from a talent perspective and i'll tell you what one of the hottest shooters in d10 this year has been andreas mccollum i think he's going to have to be key for erie to win this game one of the better outside shooters he was a big part of the reason why the royals were even ahead in that game against mcdowell But I'm going to take the Trojans for the reason that you mentioned earlier has been the the damning part, if you will, for the Royals this year is their free throw shooting. This is going to be an emotional game. It's going to be a packed house. There's going to be lots of fans from Erie and lots of fans from McDowell, as there always is in this game. And I think when you get to the fourth quarter, there's going to be fouling. There's going to be emotions. And and the question that I have, that same one that you had for McDowell for Erie is, can you keep your tempers in check? Can you get to the line, calmly hit those free throws? And and maybe they will, but we haven't seen this year the Royals be able to do that with any success. That's why I'm taking McDowell. I think it's a little bit of a discipline thing. I also think it's an emotional thing. And I think by the skin of their teeth, McDowell will win this game. But I think it's going to be low scoring. Uh, it, listen, if Erie can if Erie can rack up the points early, I don't know if the Trojans have the ability to come back. I think vice versa. The Royals can shoot their way back into the game. So McDowell's going to have to hold an early lead to have a chance in this one, and it's going to have to be low scoring. But I think McDowell will edge this one in close. But I think this is a great game too. So I believe we have our champions in the classes. So again, in Class 1A, it's uh, Kennedy Catholic. Franklin in Class 2. Fairview in Class 3. We've got Fairview in Class 4. And then Cathedral Prep in 5. John takes Erie in Class 6. I take McDowell. Yeah, in and I think we had Farrell in one, eh? not uh, Kennedy Catholic Farrell. was two. I apologize. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're so, they're, these brackets are so convoluted, <laughs> it's so impossible <laughs> to keep track of everything. Uh, but we will, and those games start tomorrow for the boys. All right, halfway through the show here on the Critical Eye, but we're rolling through. We don't take breaks on this show. Breaks are, are not in our vocabulary. So <laughs> we're moving on to the girls' bracket, John. Girls' basketball has been equally, I think, an up-and-down season for a lot of teams. There's been a lot of competitiveness. There's one team, I think, clearly that we all can agree has been the best team all season long. So when we're talking about the most consistent and the best team in the regular season this year for the girls' side, I think we can all agree it's the Fairview Tigers. Yeah, I mean, they've been... It's been fun to watch, too, because, you know, they're one of those teams... Obviously, some teams have to battle and challenge... And they've had their moments that they've had to battle, but they have so much fun and enthusiasm yeah. about it. It's one of those teams you just enjoy to cover, and it'll be interesting to see how far they can go 
um, whether it be in the districts and then potentially in the state playoffs. And not just their offense, but I think more impressive is their defense. I don't think I've ever seen a girls team in, in D10 in the time that I've spent covering D10 sports that presses better than Fairview has this season. I mean, Aaron Garrity has a defensive game plan up to a masterful tee. So we'll get to that that group in a second. That's Class 3A. But we'll start in Class 1A. And the final in this one is the number one seed, Kennedy Catholic, and the number two seed, Farrell. Uh, the Golden Eagles have had a heck of a season, and they're a very young team, John. That's the thing. Mostly a lot of freshman starters, including arguably their best player. Yeah, a young team that's winning games by average of 32 points <laughs> per game almost. So I, I think something you can... In the wa- something in the water at KC High School. Yeah, I think you can... Uh, pick out where I'm leaning in this one I just think Kennedy Catholic has been stellar um to watch these two go at it and you saw a couple of weeks ago I think it was Kennedy Catholic and uh and Villa Maria uh, a couple of weeks ago going head to head so it should be a fun one but uh, I think I'll take Kennedy Catholic in 1A yep and I will too I don't think this game is particularly close uh it's not till next Saturday so both teams will have about a week to prepare but I like the Golden Eagles in class one uh so Kennedy Catholic, we think, will win on both the boys and the girls' side. Let's go to Class 2A. We'll break down the top eight seeds for you. West Middlesex earns the number one seed. They'll play eight seed Sagertown. You've got four versus five, Cochranton and Mercer. The number two seed, the Maplewood Tigers get Reynolds. And then Cambridge Springs, sitting there at number three, plays six-seeded Ken- uh, Seneca, rather, in that matchup. So let's go to one versus eight, John. West Middlesex and Sagertown. Uh, how about the Big Red? They've been steamrolling their way through the season who do you take in that one yeah I'll take West Middlesex in this one I think they've they, they've had an ability and Sagertown's kind of been an up and down team so far this year um Carly Beatty with when you're averaging 20 points per game and then you're followed by Emily Anthony has, has 15 a game um yeah I, I think that says it all yeah I, I agree Mary Jo Staunch has done a great job with the Big Red and they'd be region champions anywhere else except for region one because they have to be in the same region as Kennedy Catholic so uh, I like the Big Red in this game I think it won't be particularly close Sagertown listen give them credit they they did everything they could to try to muster together a good season and they had one it's just tough when you have to play arguably the best team anywhere else except in their own region so I like West Middlesex all right the four verse five is Cochranton and Mercer Cochranton coming into this game with a 12 and 10 record you've got Mercer sitting at 13 and 9 relatively even stats all across the board John who do you take Boy, this is this is one of those you know almost like the Grove City Harbor Creek matchup when you look at it. Um, I I think I'm going to take Mercer um, just because of some of the competition they had to go against. Not not saying the Cochranton didn't have to go through their fair share of challenges, but I, I'll take Mercer. Uh, the five going with this one. Yeah, and I will too. These two teams actually met in the second game of the regular season. They played in the Grove City tournament. Cochranton won it, but it's hard to really apply early season games when yeah. you're into the midst of the playoffs. I think Mercer wins too. Um, also, I think they've been hotter down the stretch. They got a dominant win over Jamestown and then beating Reynolds by 10 to end the season. So I think they win. I think they beat Cochranton. Although, for take it for what it's worth, going to be more cardinal fans you would think with the game being at meadville high school so not that a bit shorter of not a trip, that yeah. far of a drive for cochranton they get lucky because they get the uh they got the home game there in essence so we take mercer in that game all right second seed maplewood seven seed reynolds the tigers have had an unbelievable year um maybe the best season they've had in the 21st century potentially Kyle Kreps has put his team at 19 and 3 they were 13 and 1 in the region they won their region at the end of this year and they face a Reynolds team that's coming off a couple of wins 
Who wins there? Um, yeah, Maplewood. <laughs> I was looking down the bracket here. Uh, yeah, I think Maplewood. I mean, they've had so much success, and again, when you when you have a team that just plays and gels so well together, I, I think it's hard to pick against them. You know, the Tigers lost back-to-back games on February 2nd, February 5th, Cambridge Springs. Uh, beat them, and then uh, Seneca was able to. All right, not Seneca, but uh, they lost a game to. Uh, let me check. The, let me check here. Uh, Greenville beat them in back-to-back days, and then they've won six straight since. So I think it'll be the Maplewood Tigers who take this game, and they'll beat Reynolds, and they'll move on. How about Cambridge Springs and Seneca, John? The three versus six. That one at Meadville this Saturday at four o'clock. This has been pretty consistent and consistent in both matchups. It was uh, Cambridge Springs controlling things. Um, I'll take the Blue Devils to take this one. Yeah, and I will too. And they move on to the semifinals. All right, semifinal number one, West Middlesex and Mercer. Who goes to the final in your mind? West Middlesex, uh, again, when you when you have, have their success that they did this year and, and have the scoring ability that they had other than facing off against Kennedy Catholic, uh, Big Reds move on. All right, Cambridge Springs and Maplewood, round number three in that one it would be. Who wins? I don't know. I mean, this is a split, and the two games were decided by six points and five points, respectively. Oh, man. Uh, I'm assuming this one would be at Meadville, so you don't have any travel um, bonuses for anybody, I guess, for lack of a better term. Uh, You look at this. Man. I'm going to go with Maplewood. I I, I know it's going chalk there, but uh, I'll go with Maplewood and see the Tigers uh, advance on. I agree. Um, Sadie Thomas, I think, will go off in that game. She's been their best player, averaging just over 14 points per game, and she's also fairly fairly good from the free throw stripe, too. Heck, free throws could be a big one in this game, too, um, as we talked about on the boys' side with McDowell and Erie, but I will take Maplewood. I think they win. I think it'll be close, uh, but but again, remember, when you, when you play a team a third time and both results were close and you won – very difficult to use the same strategy and win. So Maplewood will have their work cut out for them. And if our brackets are correct, John, it's Maplewood versus West Middlesex for the 2A title. What do you think? Wow. I I mean, here the thing that concerns me, I, I think, is you don't know where to pick in, in the Maplewood-Cambridge Springs. Um, I think West Middlesex just has a, has a matchup nightmare. You know, yeah, I've seen them in, in past years and in, in the way they play, their ability to move the ball and just have scores to move it inside and out. Um, I think the Big Reds are going to going to find success once again and find themselves standing atop Class 2A. Yeah, and I think West Middlesex also, too, has, has pretty good defensive prowess. They're allowing just under 33 points a game to opponents, and they're scoring 61. So when you have a scoring differential of 28, I mean, I know stats, you throw them out the window in a title game, but I think you have to account for that. Uh, I'll take the Big Red. I'll take them to win Class 2A. Let's move on to 3A. Um, no disrespect to any of the other seven teams in this bracket, but I think, to me, this is going to be pretty easy to pick. So we'll go down the seeds for you. Fairview versus Wilmington, Greenville Northeast, that's the 4 versus 5 matchup. Lakeview faces Northwestern in the 2-7, and Mercyhurst Prep in Sharpsville will play in the 3-6. John, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe last year it was Fairview and Lakeview in the championship game here. Let's start with the 1 versus 8 matchup. The Tigers take on the Greyhounds of Wilmington. Um... I would be shocked if they lose <laughs> yeah. this game. I yes. mean, I, you know, this is no disrespect to Wilmington, but just how how deep. I mean, they were getting fresh uh, freshman contributions um, in some big games, so I'll take Fairview in this one. Yeah, they're just such a deep team. I mean, it's it's amazing to me 
again, I, I'm in awe of their defense. I mean, it's if I'm looking, if I'm looking at the the stats correctly here, they're the only team aside from Kennedy Catholic in all of District 10 that's allowed less than 30 points per game on the defensive side of the basketball. They are aggressive, to say the least. I think they beat Wilmington. I don't think it's close. Greenville Northeast, who takes that one? 4-5. Greenville. Uh, they, you know, they beat, uh, they were region champs, Lakeview and, and Slipper Rock, I believe, uh, co-region champs on that one. Greenville beat Lakeview. Um, so I will take Greenville over Northeast. Yeah, I will too. I think they win Northeast. Good season, uh, but I think it's going to end at the hands of the Trojans. All right, the two-seven matchup: Lakeview and Northwestern. The Wildcats—they started off the year five and zero. They've dropped a lot since nine and eleven. Uh, they'll take on the number two seed Lakeview Sailors. Who wins that? Lakeview. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think Lakeview and the Sailors just the, the way they were able to finish down the stretch and, and the success that they had. I don't think there's a question in this one. Man, we're going shock, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> well, but but you know, you got, I guess you got to kind of have to, right? March Madness, you don't pick 16 seeds, you pick the ones. Because every time I do in the NCAA Division One, the 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 non-chalk, the upsets backfire. That's the year that there's no, you know, upsets. So. You know what? My uh, my March Madness, my March Madness key is I just take the nines. I take the 13s, and for some reason, I always have Texas Tech in the Final Four. Yeah, well, can you believe I've had Texas Chris Tech in the Beard Final Four? Does a good job yeah. getting you there. That's pretty. It was almost yeah. like and Temple now he does a good, back now he does in the a good day. Job of getting your arrival there. Yeah, at Texas. Uh, um, it, you know, it was like Temple back in the day. You yeah. knew they did win at least one game, and then from there, everything was a bonus. By the way, we can do this on a different podcast, but I think there should be a rule that there should at least be other consideration for mid-major teams to make the tournament who don't win their conference championship. Uh, cough, cough, my alma mater. They don't <laughs> win Toledo. Anyway, Ryan Rollins, Mac Player of the Year. I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, anyway. Okay, where were we? We were on the quarterfinal game between Mercyhurst Prep and Sharpsville for Class 3A in the Girls District 10 Basketball Tournament. Uh, the Lakers got a lot of talent. They didn't use it early in the season, and now they are, and they get Sharpsville. Yeah, they got played Sharpsville. Second game of the season again. Uh, take that for what it's worth. Those are those opening round, uh, opening weekend tournaments. 64-25, though. I'll take Mercyhurst Prep advancing. Yeah, let's see. Besides the Fairview loss for Mercyhurst Prep, they had won one, two, three, four, five games in a row, and they had won seven of their last nine when it comes to who they've played in the past month or so. I like the Lakers. Uh, that game will be played at the Haggerty Family Events Center. And that's the first of four games that take place at Haggerty Family Events Center on Saturday. All right, let's go to the semifinal matchups in Class 3A, Fairview versus Greenville. Sorry, Trojans, you're not going to move on. Great season, but I like the Tigers. Yeah, I'll take Fairview as well. And a bit of breaking news, it seems, from the PIAA uh meeting Hershey oh. Park Stadium will not host the state football sh- championships oh, this, wow. according to Bob's Greensburg um, uh, of 96-7 down in the sh- um, Mercer County area it will be Cumberland Valley High School won the bidding process wow so that's uh, that is a a interesting development and this here. is next year for football Yes, this is for the next four years for football. All right, well, we need, a, we need a breaking news noisemaker for the, the Critical Eye podcast, one of the first breaking news announcements we've had uh, on the podcast. How long has the championship been at Hershey? That's a good question. It, it, it's it's a my entire question. tenure here, <laughs> beyond that, but I think it stretches far back beyond wow. that. But that is an interesting development. Well, uh, uh, Bob Greensburg and both Tom Rice and Robert reported Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, uh, Cumberland Valley High School, that football team better start preparing because you might have an opportunity to play a 
state championship game at your home stadium. That'd be pretty neat. It's happened for the last two Super Bowl champions. It so. has, and for both the uh, both the hosts, it was a success. So we'll see. Uh, that is breaking news. That's for football next season. Uh, Cumberland Valley High School, Hershey Park, will not be the stadium for the upcoming 2022 state championship venue. Back to basketball, 3A girls class in District 10. Lakeview and Mercyhurst prep we have in the semifinals here, John. Um, who wins? Two versus three. Man, this you get down to these semifinal games, it, it, it's hard to pick. Mercyhurst prep has just been here so many times. That's, you know, that's what tends to give me the edge in this one. Um, I don't know. I, let's go with Lakeview. I'll I'll go one two. I I know that that sounds boring. Um, it's not boring if it's go. right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like I better better be right than than bore than uh, exciting. I suppose. Um, you know what? I'm going to go Mercyhurst Prep. Okay. I think it's a pick'em game, and the reason I'll take the Lakers is because of the way they've blown out teams in the last month or so. I mean, if you exclude the Fairview games. Uh, which, quite honestly, were, were closer than what you expected. I mean, they lost to the Tigers by 10 on the road the first game, by 7 uh, at home the second game. But you look at the domination. I mean, you beat LaBeouf by 13, but then you beat Northwestern by 19, Girard by 23, Northeast by 16. Uh, you go to Iroquois, you beat them by 55, Conneaut by 35. I just think it's been such a smooth sailing process for Mercyhurst Prep, and they've also been better the second half of the season than the first. So I'll take the Lakers, and that would set up a Mercyhurst Prep Fairview final. You've got Fairview and Lakeview, so I'll let you pick that game first. Fairview, Lakeview for the final. Who do you think? Fairview, again. I mean, Garrity, Aaron Garrity's got his his club just rolling, and, and they seem so determined. They had such a great season last year winning, um, and they're, they're going to do it again. You want to know what the scary thing is for Fairview? They still get to return about half their starters, yes. including Hope Garrity, who yes. likely is going to be the D10 Girls Player of the Year. Uh, her, Ella Garrity, Sarah Januso is going to be back next year. Uh, I mean, there's just so much talent on this team, and so they're going to be better next year, arguably, than this year. But I, I don't think Fairview is going to have a problem. I think they'll go to the state tournament. I actually think they could be one of the favorites to win the entire state of Pennsylvania. They were nearly there last year. We'll see if they do it again this year. Let's move on to Class 4A. We've got one game. Villa Maria versus Fort LaBeouf, the one versus two. Uh, the Lady Victors this season, 19-2. You've got the Bison sitting in region number three at 12-9. and nine. Who do you take? Villa Maria didn't lose a game in, in District 10, right? That, no. That's they, how they I remember. No. Remember those? Yeah, I, I think it'll be Villa Maria. Fort LaBeouf always comes into this game and gives up a great fight. I mean, they, they you know, give them credit for, for playing one of the top teams in the state year in and year out in this game, but I just, Villa Maria has a little too much firepower. Yeah. This would be a rematch, if I am correct, of the championship game for girls soccer between Villa and yeah. Fort LaBeouf, if I remember. Yeah. Uh, Villa won that game 3 nothing. So, again, credit to LaBeouf. And, and they've played teams tough, too. I mean, they gave Fairview a run for their money in the first quarter and a half, um, but Villa, I think, wins. And I think that's a pretty convincing win for the victors. All right, Class 5A now in girls basketball, the D10 tournament. We'll start at the top. Warren and General McLean. Uh, the Dragons, they've had a very consistent year all season, 16-6. and six. General McLean at 8-13. and 13, A lot of those wins have been in the latter portion of the year i take the dragons in this one yeah i'll take the dragons they're the defending 5a uh, champions they went deep into the playoffs last year before running into chartier's valley uh in the piaa playoffs so i will take warren in this one how about the four five grove city and franklin 
This is. <laughs> I gotta be. I, gotta be honest five. with you, folks. Gotta be honest with you, folks. They're they're tougher to pick than you would imagine. Yeah, I mean, man, I don't know how. We I'm also don't mean. cover these teams. Yeah, that much. I mean, so it, it's it's harder. You try to do as much research um, as you can. Well, if you look, they've got identical records: fourteen and eight. They're nine and three in their uh, in their region in terms of region five. Nine and three in the district. Uh, I think a toss-up game, to be honest with you. Grove City won the first matchup 42-24, to um, and the second matchup 56-43. So, I mean, they did dominate yeah. those two yeah. games. Yeah, Grove City. All right, I'll take the Eagles, too. Let's move on. Slippery Rock and Hickory, the 2-7 matchup in Class 5A. Slippery Rock won the region for a reason, or was co-region champs, uh, I should say, with Lakeview. Uh, so, I, no doubt in my mind. They take care of business. Yeah, and again, they uh, actually have a better record in the district than Franklin did. They they were ten and two. So even though, um, you know, they're still able to get uh, twelve and eight. Ten of those wins coming in the district. How about Harbor Creek and Conneaut? Harbor Creek number three seed. Conneaut's the six. That game going to be this Saturday at the Haggerty Family Event Center at three o'clock. I'm, I'm going to take Harbor Creek. Uh, Mark Corey always does a great job out there getting his girls ready um, with the talent that he has, so I'll take Harbor Creek. And I will, too. I think the Huskies pull this one out. 10 to 12 points, I think, is, is reasonable for victory in that one. Warren and Grove City would be our second matchup of the uh, first matchup, rather, of the semifinal in Class 5A. Your pick. No doubt in my mind that, that, that Warren takes care of business here. Um, you know, I think there's always... Always a possibility, but uh, when you look at this team, I I think it's a no doubt. Yep, I am in agreement. I won't really badger on too much about that. Warren wins. Who are they going to face, Slippery Rock or Harbor Creek? I think Harbor Creek's a bit too young with this team. Uh, Their leading scorer, um, Brooke Persbilski, um, I believe is just a freshman. Um, Going back here, yeah, just a freshman. I I think Slippery Rock has a slight advantage despite, you know, the challenges they face, I think, has is, is got them ready for this point. And here's the problem for Harper Creek. They face Slippery Rock, a team that doesn't have a score that scores over 10 points, but a lot of their top players can dish the ball around. They are a literal team in terms of the way that they play offense. It's going to be tough to beat Amber Osborne's crew. I like Slippery Rock, but I don't like them to beat Warren in the 5A championship. I think the Dragons roll. Yeah, I think the Dragons repeat, defend their title, and they're a team that that is so determined to try and get back and make even deeper of a run in the state playoffs. We will see. Them and Fairview are going to be teams to look out for as we make the run to Hershey. We've got one more game to predict here. It's the 6A girls title game, and it's just as it was in the boys title game. Number one seed McDowell, the number two seed Erie on Saturday at Mercyhurst at three o'clock. Your winner there. I'll take McDowell. Um, I, you know, these two split in the regular season. Erie High has a tendency to go into some some games where they just get into a lull, um, and it, and it just doesn't seem like their offense is hitting on all cylinders, and yeah. you just can't fall behind in in, in this game. Um, you know, I, I just yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with McDowell. Jess Hetz in that first game, she went out early with an injury, and I think that was the difference factor in a one-point game, I believe it was, for Erie High. Um, so I'll take McDowell in this one. I think the Royals have a tough time scoring. They're averaging just over 34 points a game. Um, you know, their defense, I think, has been their biggest strength for the Royals, but I think the one problem that they've had is scoring. I think this game is going to be very similar to the McDowell-Erie boys game, except in the boys' side, Erie is going to be the team that we think will get out to a scoring run. I think it could be McDowell in this one. I think Erie's going to have to keep it a low-scoring game. I don't think they will. I think McDowell wins, and I think they'll move on to the state tournament. 
All right, that is a very, very exciting end of the episode as we predict all the brackets, 12 of them for the teams. We'll, of course, have more coverage as we move on throughout the week. I mean, John, your thoughts on this season as we wrap up the show here. I mean, it's just been it's been an interesting year, and I think it's been a very competitive year because, like we said at the top of the broadcast, there's really not, aside from the Fairview schools, Villa, and Prep, really hasn't been much of a distinction between the cream of the crop and the teams that are not up there this year. Yeah, and I think that's what makes it exciting. I'll say this. It seems like I've been doing this now for six years, I believe. It seems like every year the season gets faster and faster. Like it's just it's done in the blink of an eye. It seems like we're just finishing up football, and you get those tip-off tournaments, and then boom, here we are getting ready for the playoffs. And what, we're a month away from the state title weekend? Yeah. Literally yeah. a month. A month. And that one will be at Hershey. Uh, they have not the Giant lost, Center. They yes. have not lost the naming rights or the stadium rights for the basketball or the wrestling tournament. Uh, but they have for football. Again, that's the breaking news. It will not be at Hershey for this upcoming season. All right, about an hour into this podcast, we're going to wrap things up on a Wednesday. Thanks for being with us. Again, apologies for the lateness on this episode. Want to take a bit of a break. Want to collect our thoughts. But we'll be back better than ever. We'll continue with our episodes throughout the month of February. And, of course, we will continue with our NFL coverage as well as we move toward the NFL Combine and who the Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, and Buffalo Bills will be taking in the NFL Draft. Pittsburgh needs to trade for a quarterback. Anyway, that's another conversation (laughs) for another day. All right, we're done here, everyone. Enjoy your Wednesday. Enjoy your weekend. Go out and watch some high school basketball. A lot of fun games this weekend. See you later.